0: Welcome to Retire Early Retire Now podcast. This is episode number seven and I am your host Hunter Kelly owner of Palm Valley Wealth Management and today we will talk about optimizing your side hustle or your side business. But before we dive in I just want to remind you guys this podcast is for educational purposes only This is not financial advice. This communication should not be relied upon as a sole factor in an investment making or financial planning decision. If you would like help, please seek a financial tax or legal professional and please keep Palm Valley Wealth Management in mind when making those considerations. Also, we are in episode number seven. So we are tagging right along and I'm honestly surprised I've made it this far. But Thanks again to those that continue to listen, and if you like what you hear, please go to your preferred podcast app and leave a five-star review. This is helping the podcast grow as we continue to increase our downloads. So again, thank you, and we'll jump right into the podcast. Side hustles. They have increasingly become more popular over the last decade. With more people working from home and the internet, making it increasingly easier to create businesses, for example, e-commerce businesses and service businesses. It has never been easier to create a side business or a business in general. I think that is one of the coolest things about capitalism and what has come from the internet. Someone can literally take a hobby like woodworking, um, create some sort of social media account on there, show what they're making just as a maybe a reminder to themselves how they built something. But if many people see that, there could be a demand for uh, the product that they're building. And so they can easily turn that hobby into a business that can support them and, and a, potentially a family or, or more. And so that is what I commonly see is someone just having a hobby and they want to create income from that hobby and so they create the side business because there, there's a some demand from that. And so today that's what we're going to talk about is how do we optimize that side business, that side hustle. And so the first thing I want to jump into is when creating that business, it, it, as much as you can, have the end in mind. What do you think that business looks like in a year, five years, ten years? Is it something that you want to turn into your full-time job because maybe that full-time job now, you you don't like as much and you would rather be doing that woodworking or creating YouTube videos or whatever the case may be, right? And so uh, another thing is maybe you want to retire earlier. So you just want to maximize the income that you can get from the side business because the other full-time job that you have, maybe you're not in a position where you can increase your income significantly. And so some other common goals that I see from side businesses would be paying off debt, helping kids through college, or just having some extra cash around to to go on vacations and things of that nature, like I said, extra, extra cash. So just have that in mind. So what that will allow you to do is to work backwards and say, okay, well, one, how much income do I need? Do I need $10,000 a year? Do I need $100,000 a year? How many hours will it take to get there? Can I fit 10, 20, 30, 40 hours into the side business a week along with my family obligations, my day job obligations? So it can really put in perspective where you're at with this thing. And so once you have that in mind, then you can go ahead and create the business and have a good expectation of what you want out of the business. The next thing we'll talk about is probably the biggest mistake that I see that side hustle or people that own their own business do on a regular basis. And that is mixing personal accounts with business accounts or business revenue, I should say. And this, again, is the most common mistake I see. The first thing you want to do before you collect any revenue is do one of two things, and that is create an account that is a what's called a DBA account, so a doing business as. So if you're a sole proprietor and you don't have an entity, you can just open up an account that is, for, for me, would be Hunter Kelly DBA so that you know that it is your business account. And so any money that comes in is from business revenue, and any money that goes out is business expenses. So that makes it a lot easier To identify business versus personal. And then the other way to do it is if you open up an LLC or some sort of business entity, then you can open up a checking account that way as well. And side side note, if you're new to owning a business, one of the things that helped me out a lot was a book called Profit First. This helped me design or come up with a system of how I'm doing my bank accounts and and how I divvy up profit and, and all those sorts of things. So a good book to check out, Profit First, and I'll put a link in the description of the podcast notes so that you can find that as well. And then the main reasons we want to separate the personal to business. One, organization just makes it a lot easier for accounting. And you know exactly how much profit you have because all you have to do is go, all right, this is how much revenue I had. And this is what my expenses were. And we are net profit or we're at a net loss, whatever that may be. And so the second thing would be auditing, right? So it makes it a lot easier for auditing purpose. So if your IRS comes in and says, hey, we want to see your books and, and we want to audit your tax return, whatever the case may be then you have an easy way to show, okay, this is for my business, these are the receipts, here's the bank transactions, so on and so forth. makes it a lot easier than trying to wade through a personal check-in account where you have all of your personal stuff mixed with business stuff. And and so if your bank account looks like mine, there's a lot of transactions. So it uh, could easily get misconstrued as personal if it's a business expense, or you could just miss deducting that on your Schedule C or however you do your tax return. And so just make sure that you get those business accounts set up because that is probably um, the biggest thing that I see people make a mistake on. And then the other thing that it will help you on, which is my next point, is making estimated tax payments. So if you've always been W-2 employee, it's likely that you've never had to make quarterly payments because your HR department is deducting enough for taxes each year. And so if you get to the point in your side business where you are making enough money and you're going to owe the IRS at the end of the year, well, you should be making uh, quarterly payments. And so if if the bill gets too big and they audit you, they may say, okay, well, because you owed us all this money, we're actually going to charge you penalties and interest because you didn't pay us in a timely manner. So if you look like you're going to owe at the end of the year, just make sure that you say, okay, well, let's take a chunk of some of our profit and put it toward a quarterly payment. Just avoid any tax penalties that you may have because of those those quarterly payments. And that is just a few ways to optimize your side business. This one's a quick one today, so thanks for giving it a listen. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app and also if you're interested in potentially working with palm valley wealth management you can find us at palmvalleywm.com you can also find the other podcast there as well and then if you would like to reach out and schedule a meeting you can reach me at hunter at palmvalleywm.com and we will see you in the next one